This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good morning, everyone. What a beautiful Shabbos. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to join you this Shabbos. I want to thank uh, my wonderful hosts, Rabbi Moshe and Mrs. Kelsey Yachnes, who put in... who put in tremendous dedication to make sure that this uh, Shabbos would happen. And they're really amazing people and role models for the whole community. I want to bless them that Hashem should continue to give them strength to go Mechayel El Choyel and to continue to inspire this community and all of Kal Yisrael. So we're now in the month of Tammuz. And... Of course, the most prominent calendar date in the, most, in the month of Tammuz is Shavasar Tammuz, the 17th day of Tammuz. What happened on, on Shavasar Tammuz? Uncharacteristically, the Mishnah gives us the history of the date. You know, in uh, the Gemara, the Gemara is not a history book. It's a work of halacha, primarily. And nevertheless, the Mishnah outlines five historical tragedies that happened on, Tisha, on Shavas Batamas. So starting with the breaking of the Luchais. By the way, Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Har Sinai. God says, you know, this is a problem. Your people have acted corruptly. So what does Moshe do with the Luchais? Nothing. You know, he didn't do anything with the Luchais. And he comes down and he sees them worshipping the Egel. What does he do with the Luchais? Nothing. Also nothing. Not until he saw they were dancing, then he breaks the Luchais. So that happened on the 17th day of Tammuz. Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Har Sinai on the 6th day of Sivan. God gave him the Torah 40 days later. They acted corruptly and he breaks the Luchais. That of course happened in the Midbar. Then the Mishnah says, the Karbin Tamid stopped being brought. When did that happen? The Yushalmi brings two opinions. Rabbi Shimon says, second temple. Rabbi Levi agrees it was second temple. But he says it was not the Greeks, it was the Romans. The Rambam says it was the first base HaMikdash. But the second tragedy that happened on Shavas Batamas was Butla HaTamid. The Karman Tamid stopped being brought. The third tragedy was Huvka Ahair. What does Huvka Ahair mean? The walls were breached. The walls of Yushalayim were breached. When were these walls breached? Anybody know? Definitely in the times of the second Beis HaMikdash. What about in the times of the first Beis HaMikdash? The Talmud Bavli says it was breached on the 9th of Tammuz. The Talmud Yushalmi says it was breached on the 17th of Tammuz. The question is, if you look in the Yirmiyahu, it says explicitly it was breached on the 9th day of Tammuz, like the Talmud Bavli. So the Yushalmi says, no, it's wrong. Yirmiyahu got the wrong date. He got the wrong date. And he intentionally preserved the wrong date in order to preserve the confusion of the time. In other words, even though it happened on one date, we wrote a different date in order to record for posterity the great confusion and confoundment that happened that existed in the times of the destruction of the walls of the Beis HaMikdash. Then the Mishnah says, Apostamos burnt the Sefer Tyra. When did that happen? That happened in the times of the second Beis HaMikdash. And finally, the Mishnah says, Apostomus put up an idol in the Hechal. So we have five tragedies. The Luchos were broken. The Karban Tamid ceased. The walls were 
breached. A, the Torah was burnt and an idol was erected in the Beis HaMikdash. And one important question here is, the tragedies are listed out of order. They're not listed in chronological order. How so? You know, it's interesting. According to Rashi, the idol that the Mishnah discusses that was erected, that was erected by Menashe in the times of the first Beis HaMikdash. So then, all the tragedies are listed backward. According to the Talmud Bavli, the walls of Yushalayim were actually breached on the 17th of Tammuz only in Bayasheni. So that should have been listed toward the end. So we have these five tragedies and they're not being listed in order. Isn't that bizarre? The Luchais were broken. The Tamid stopped being brought. The city's walls were breached. But they weren't breached until later. The Torah was burnt. An idol was erected. But according to Rashi, it was erected earlier. So why is the Mishnah placing these tragedies out of order? Now this week's Parsha is a little trivia question. Who's up on the game? Chukas Balak. So there's a man by the name of Bilam. And Bilam is attempting valiantly to try to curse the Jewish people. And he's being unsuccessful. So the Pasuk says, Vayar Bilam kitoy Hashem Yisrael, holach kifam b'fam, Vayoshes el hamidbar panav. He faces the desert. What's he looking at in the desert? There's a very interesting comment of Unklos. Unklos comments, Vachaza Bilam are sakin kadam Hashem levaracha yas Yisrael, Vishavi lakavel egla. Bilam now says the only way to curse the Jewish people is to focus, to hone in on, to zoom in on the Egel. Bilam's looking at the Egel. What's Bilam's obsession with the Egel? You know, there are many sins the Jewish people did, would do. Why is Bilam focused in, honed in on the Egel? So there are a few interesting tidbits, Kabbalistic tidbits, what Bilaam's fascination with the Egel is. First of all, Arizal teaches that who is Bilaam's father? Bilaam ben Ba'ar. The soul of Ba'ar was in the Egel. That's the first thing. So we could understand already, Bilaam had an affinity with the Egel. Secondly, you know, in uh, this week's parsha, Bilaam is traveling always with his two young men with him. Who are his two young men? If you look in Targum, Targum says his two young men, You ever hear of these guys? Yunis and Yumbaris. Who are they? They're the sons of Bilam. Who made the Egel? It's very interesting. The Arizal teaches that Yunus and Yumbaris, the two sons of Bilam, snuck into the Jewish camp and they were the ones who made the Egel. So the soul of Bilaam's father is in the Egel. Bilaam's children made the Egel. So we see Bilaam is shepping Nachas, as he were. You know, he's seeing the great work of his children. His children made the Egel. And Bilaam is especially fascinated with the Egel. By the way, what day of the year was the Egel made? Shiva Asar Batamas. Ooh, now we understand the Hashkacha. Every year we read Parshas Balak right before Shavasa Batamos because Parshas Balak is Bilam's fascination with the Chet Ho'ega that occurred on the 17th day of Tamos. Now I want to share with you a Pasuk in Tehillim. 
This is a ch- in chapter 106. Maybe you're familiar with this Pasuk. It's a reference to the sin of the golden calf. The Pasuk says, Vayamiru es they exchanged their honor, they exchanged God. Betavnis shar, for the image of an ox, oichel esev, that ate grass. Listen carefully to this Pasuk. Vayamiru es the Jewish people exchanged their glory, they exchanged God. Betavnis shar, in the image of an ox, oichel esev, that eats, eats grass. Now, we understand the Egel was a shar. Why does David HaMelech need to identify this shar, that this is a shar that ate grass? Is it relevant that the Egel ate grass? Let's say it would have said the Egel ate bagels. The Egel ate tomatoes. The Egel ate cholent. I mean, it's irrelevant. Why is David HaMelech saying that the Egel ate grass? The Tavnis shar oichel Says the Arizal, we are not identifying the Egel by its diet, but the word Esev is a code word. Esev is a Rashi Tevois. Esev is a Rashi Tevois for the calendar date that the Chet Ho'egel happened. Esev stands for Shiva Asar Betamaz. That's why David HaMelech says, Besavnis Shar Oichel Esev. Asar, Ayin. Sin, Shiva, Bez, Betamaz. Shiva Asar Betamaz. By the way, the Rishonim already say, do you remember the Pasuk and Shir Hashirim? Which the Gemara in Gittin explains that while the king was still at the party, we gave off a foul odor. That refers to the Chet Ho'egal. The Harsinai was a party. It was a marriage. The Jewish people were marrying HaKadosh Baruch Hu. At that party, we were the bride, God was the groom. We were unfaithful, we, expl- we displayed infidelity. We, so to speak, had relations with the Egel. So while the king was still at the party, we gave off a foul odor. Nirdi nasan rechai. Ad shahamelech b'mesibai. Rashi tevais. Ayin. Sin. Bez. Shiva. Asar. Betamaz. So this week's parsha is connected to the calendar. The, the ability of Bilam to hone in to try to curse the Jewish people, he was zooming in on the Chet Ho'egel. I want to share with you a very powerful observation of the Archlaner. Archlaner was Rabbi Yaakov Etlinger, one of the great Achroinim. He lived from 1798 to 1871. He tells us that the five tragedies outlined in the Mishnah and Sachta Tainas about what happened on Shavas Batamas are not five historical events that happen because they're not being listed in chronological order. Instead, this is a roadmap of destruction of the Jewish people. And we need to study this very carefully. Because if the Mishnah is outlining the five-step process in which families, communities, Jews fall away from Torah and mitzvahs, then this is the roadmap of how to rebuild the Jewish people. Says the Aruch Lener, the first step in Jewish demise is Neshtabru HaLuchais. The Luchais are broken. So you had a family, you had a Jew, very committed to Torah study. They studied Torah every morning and every night, without fail. But then, you know, things happened. They got busy at work. They got busy with the family. And slowly, slowly, the regular commitment to the study of Torah began to wane, began to fade. Neshtabra haluchais. It always starts with 
diminishing commitment to the study of Torah. That is always the first step in Jewish downward spiral. Nishtabru haluchas. The luchas are broken. You know what happens next? Butla hatamed. The regular service of the Almighty stops. So at first, when the person was very committed to the study of Torah, they would go to shul every Shabbos for all the tefillahs. Not only that, they came to shul every day. Shachras, Mincha, Marev, without fail, without any missing, without delay. Because once they're committed to the study of Torah, their regular service, their regular tefillahs were steady. But once they started slackening off in the, in the study of Torah, then Butla Hatamid. Then they said, well, you know, Mariv, I once saw somewhere, maybe is not obligatory, maybe it's Rishus, maybe it's discretionary, even though, you know, the conclusion of the Rishayim is, Rishus means that if you have another mitzvah that can't be performed by anybody else, you have the right to do that mitzvah instead of Mariv, but otherwise, of course, it's obligatory. So first, Mariv begins to fade away, maybe Mincha even. And then the person might say, well, you know, on Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe they don't read from the Torah, so maybe I'll just stick to Monday, Thursday, but of course always on Shabbos. And then maybe, maybe Mariv is so late in Columbus, Ohio, so maybe Mariv, uh, Matzah Shabbos is ready part of the weekday. Maybe I'll just come Shabbos morning. Maybe I'll just come Shabbos Mavarchim. Maybe I'll just come for Yom Toivim. Maybe I'll just come Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Maybe I'll just come for Ne'ilah, Batla Hatamid. The regular order of the service of the Almighty begins to wane. Where does it begin? It begins Neshtabra Haluchais, begins with the breaking of the Luchais. It then progresses to, it begins to affect the daily commitment to the Tefillah. And then, Havka Ha'ir, the city is breached. Then the city is breached. The city is the Jew. Shalom Melch compares. The Jew to Ir Kitana, a small city. And now the Jew is open prey to every outside influence, every outside ideology, every outside philosophy. And then, Nisrfah Torah. All connection to Torah observance is consumed in fire. It may not happen in one year, it may not happen in one generation. But if you want to know over the course of generations. What, to what do we attribute the downward spiral of the Jewish people? It starts by slackening off in the study of Torah. It then progresses to weakening in commitment to tefillah. Then the city is breached, the Torah is burnt, but at least the Jew is still wearing, you know, the Megan David, the Mugging David around his neck on a chain. But then, now there's a different icon hanging on the neck of the Jew. It all starts with slackening in the learning of Torah. It may not make a difference this year. It may not even make a difference to you. It will affect your children and your grandchildren. So from here we learn that the entire downward spiral of the three weeks began with the breaking of the Luchais and is attributed to slackening off in the study of Torah. You always have to be very careful for yourself for your shul, for your community. Is the study of Torah going up or is it going down? Because that's the first step in either elevating oneself 
or a downward spiral. So then it would come out that the three weeks, which is the period of time that we commemorate the destruction, should be committed to strengthening that crack in the Jewish people, namely, strengthening commitment to the study of Torah. And in fact, how many days do we have in the three weeks? So that's easy. They're three weeks, so they're 21 days. But um, advanced calculus teaches us that if Shavasavatama starts on a Thursday and Tishabav is also on a Thursday, there are 22 days in the three weeks. So why do we call it the three weeks? Nobody knows. Beats me. No. It's, a, it's, a, it's somewhat of a mystery. And if you want to get the answer to it, of course you're going to have to get this book afterwards. But there are really 22 days in the three weeks. So if there are 22 days in the three weeks, how many hours in the three weeks? 22 times 24 new. Let's go. Any accountants over here? Mathematicians? Anyone familiar with elementary school mathematics? 22 times 24. Anyone have a calculator? 528. There are 528 hours in the three weeks. Gematria mafteach ki. You know why there are 528 hours in the three weeks? Says Bnei Yisachar. Because if the purpose of the three weeks is to commit ourselves to the learning of Torah, how many chapters are there in the oral law, in the Mishnah? There are 528 chapters in the Mishnah. Because the whole downward spiral of the three weeks begins with the breaking of the Luchais. So therefore we have to strengthen ourselves during the three weeks by committing ourselves to come up with a plan. How are we going to learn this material? 528 Prakim. What's interesting is the last five hours of the three weeks after Chatzos on Tishabav, it already begins to ease. You know, we get off the floor because actually there are only 523 Prakim in the Mishnah. Five of the Prakim are Brisa or Toisefta. So for example, you have the sixth parak of Perkei is Brisa. You have the fourth parak of Bikurim, which is Brisa. You have Toisefta and Psachim, Kedushin, and Saita. So literally, there are only 523 prakim of the Mishnah. Five prakim are not Mishnah proper. So you have 523 proper hours of the three weeks and five hours where it already begins to uh, wane. <coughs> that is why... We're in the month of Tammuz. Did you know Tammuz is an acronym? Rav Nachman of Breslov teaches Tammuz stands for Zaman Matan Taira Seinu. Why? Because when did God give us the Taira? On Shavuos. Yeah, but Moshe was up there for 40 days. So when did he actually come down to give it to the Jewish people? Shavasubha Tammuz. So therefore Tammuz is Zaman Matan Taira Seinu. But then where did the Vav go? Uh, the Vav, Rav Nachman says, the Luchais were six by six, but the Luchais were broken. So therefore, Tamas is spelled with the Vav, but when we use the acronym, we take out the Vav to indicate that the Luchais were in fact broken by Moshe Rabbeinu. But more than that, Rav Nachman says, what happened when Moshe broke the Luchais? You remember what the Medrash says? That until Moshe broke the Luchais, people would learn Torah and they would, it would be etched in their mind. Once the Luchais were broken, it brought forgetting to the world. Shikha came to the world. Forgetting came to the world. Therefore, Tamo stands for Zichru Tairas Moshe. Remember the Torah. This is the month of forgetting. It is the month that Shikha came to the world. Therefore, we have to dedicate ourselves to apply ourselves to study the Torah. Chazal teach us that in the merit of the learning of the Mishnah, the Gula will come. Gam ki yitnu ba'goyim ata akabetzeim. Ein 
Because this time of the year brought Chorban to the world by a lack of commitment to the study of Torah. This is a time of the year that we really rev ourselves up and we apply ourselves. Because studying the history of the Jewish people, the beginning of the downfall is sometimes not obvious. It's sometimes seemingly innocuous. Okay, so... My shirim are not what they used to be. My, um, the, my commitment to the study of Torah is not what it used to be. But, you know, times change. I'm getting a little older. I'm not in yeshiva anymore. I'm not in school anymore. I've got to take it easy. I don't have the same interest. No, 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 no. You always got to be on guard. Because as soon as you elevate your study of Torah, that's the beginning of the rebuilding process. And this is always important to identify. Because look, every committed Jew always wants to strengthen their family, strengthen their community, strengthen their shul. And the question is, you know, how do you begin that process? Where do you start? How do you really rebuild your family, rebuild your shul, rebuild your community? What, what initiations should I focus on? It starts with... Strengthening the study of Torah. That is the foundation of all Jewish life. That was the beginning of the downfall, and that is the beginning of the rebuilding of the Jewish people. Especially this time of the year, we have to think about what could we do to reverse that process. And it's really uh, wonderful to have uh, this Shabbos together in preparation for the three weeks. To bring, to, to highlight, to focus on what we need to do to reverse course. You know, when Aaron was delaying the Jewish people from making the Egal, uh, the Jewish people all wanted to make the Egal. Aaron said, I'll take care of it. I have everything under control. You give me the donations. And Aaron used the following expression. Chag Lashem Machar. Tomorrow we're going to make a festival. So the question is, what do you mean tomorrow we're going to make a festival? Tomorrow's going to be a fast day. Tomorrow's going to be a tragic day. Tomorrow we're going to make the Egal. Why is Aaron using the day Chag, festival? Says the Chida, Aaron knew that even though literally tomorrow they were going to make the Egal, but the Navi tells us that the Tsoim Haravi, the fast of the fourth month, the fast of Tammuz, will ultimately be reversed and become a yomtiv for the Jewish people. Tsoim Haravi, Yehuda, So Aaron was saying, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow sometimes means in the far off future. Aaron was projecting the day will come where we will reverse course. And the day of Shabbat Shabbat will be a great Yom for the Jewish people. Chag Lashem Machar. So I'll just conclude. If you look in the Haftarah of this week's parsha, it begins, Yaakov, And it will be the remnant of Jacob. Who's the remnant of Jacob? That's us. We're the remnant of the Jewish people. After 2,000 years of Golos, we're what's left. Kital Meis Hashem. God is going to shower us with dew. The dew of God resurrects the Jewish people. Kervivim. Hashem is going to shower us with water. We know water is Ein Mayim Ela. Taira. Water refers to Taira. Kervivim Alei. Asev. Like rain. Asev. This week's Haftarah. The Haftarah we read before Shiva Sabatamas. Kervivim Alei Asev. Like rain on Shiva Sabatamas. So Hashem should strengthen all of us. And we should strengthen ourselves. What could we do to help our families, to help our communities, to help our shul? 
Whatever we could do to strengthen the study of Torah is the beginning of the rebuilding process, the beginning of elevating ourselves, the beginning of elevating all of Klal Yisrael, and we should all merit to see the great day of the coming of the redemption, where it's Saim Haravi, Vitzaim Hachamishi, Vitzaim Hashvi, Vitzaim Hasiri, Yia, Lebeis Yehuda, Lesasen, Lesimcha, Ulamayadim Taivim. Thank you very much, and Brachavatzacha. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.